welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney Plus streaming service. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season two, episode four, chapter 12, titled The Siege. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of disappointed Star Wars nerds today. They're really thinking they're going to go right to Ashoka. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that's that's uh, that's that's some rookie Mando shit. Thinking that yeah. you're going to go right to the next thing without him being s- s- waylaid by a side quest. You really mm-hmm. think just because the main quest uh, moved forward a plot point that we're going to no, no. Have you guys never played an MMO before or role playing game? Oh, that's yeah. not how this stuff works. No, that's so a- I I. I, I knew as soon as uh, he landed and Cara Dune's there and gr- and grief uh, and they wait, they take him to the bar and they show him the children there. I'm like, oh, there's going to be there's going to be some threat to this town that has to be exchanged <laughs> for his his ship getting de Mon Calamaried. And yeah. so, I, yeah, I expected all this. I do think that there is some weird tonal clashes from what is obviously, you know, young people's entertainment to like some pretty heavy themes that I'm not sure if they're doing that as a deliberate, like, you know, guy getting blinded in one eye and getting stuck in a 350 year employment contract, (laughs) employment contract. Like, yeah, like grief is low key running a, a fish, fish boy slave camp out here. No wonder he doesn't want the new Republican. Um, and and messing up that system but like there's some like dark gritty gangster bounty hunter shit happening but it's all very you know and and the way the stormtroopers kind of get slaughtered for comedy Mm -hmm. is 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 wild in in contrast to other kind of tone stuff but um overall some really good space or um i guess not space combat spaceship combat yeah yeah in atmosphere good vehicular combat what'd you think uh yeah I I agree like I I enjoyed this episode a lot um is directed by Carl Weathers which I thought was interesting I I can't remember if he's directed one of these before uh but I saw that and I was like oh okay not not bad Mr Weathers um I I thought there was some lackluster no problem with the directions I I didn't think yeah there's some lackluster action I think in the hallways of the imperial base Uh. like they're just running forward shooting stormtroopers running forward again and they they did it maybe one too many times um, too many shots so and I attribute that to directing but like that vehicular stuff was awesome I really like seeing the marauder and the tie fighters and the razor crest swooping in at the last second to save them Uh, all that stuff is really cool And, and there's a lot of like I guess I was surprised by an episode that's a mainline episode, and you knew it was going to be a mainline episode when they started the recap, right? Because you've got... They took you yeah, all the yeah, way back yeah. to the fucking beginning with the fish man, uh-huh. with the mithril. And you're like, I thought okay. the same thing. Like, stra- This guy is that strap in when I'm seeing a picture of him being frozen in carbonite. Like, what the right. hell? Right. And then Moff uh-huh. Gideon shows up, and you're like, okay, sure, this is going to be big. And it was, but it's all like background information, right? The plot has not moved forward at all. Uh, in this episode, it's like, ticked forward like five minutes. It feels like like we have out, out, out yeah. of this forty minute episode, we got five minutes of maybe new revelations about midichlorian counts, and oh, cloning tanks, and oh, God, we got to talk racks. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I, I sh- yeah. There's millennials and and Gen Xers everywhere triggered. Hell yes. Uh, yeah, and they won't even they won't even say the name of it, which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> They're treating it that it's the M word yeah. in Star Wars. The M count. Yeah, it's, it's the most offensive thing you can say to a Star Wars fan, apparently. Which, to be fair, midichlorian, it's a mouthful. Like I don't want to say that every time. I'm, sure. I'm just referencing a number. The M count. Sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I. But the plot that that's all like background stuff that's been happening, right? Not stuff that's new that's happening. So Mandalorian's no closer to his goal. The only thing that really happens from a plot perspective is that Moff Gideon gets a bead on the Razor Crest again, right? With yep. that tracker uh, that they put yep. on there. We, so it, for a mainline uh, episode, I was shocked that not much actually happened to push the plot forward, but we got a lot of info, a lot of new cool yeah. info. Yeah, we got a lot of info and I think there's some other subtle things like, um, getting kind of like the new republics, like we haven't gotten a new republic perspective, uh, and uh, the uh, I don't know the the new republic mounty 
the, okay. the, the lone ranger x-winger uh-huh. the lone the lone x-winger uh out here investigating crime and kind of getting the perspective of like there's a lot of bad shit that i think's connected that no one takes serious in the core world and you kind of think of like oh how does this connect to you know essentially you've got in 10 short years you're going to have a situation where you got the resistance running the legitimate government called the resistance running from the new order which is essentially a big bad empire that's taken over the galaxy again yeah. and it's painting a picture of the new republic uh being overwhelmed not able to do all the jobs that they have to do um not able to have enough str- and and not able to suppress this empire that's that being reborn i mean uh, ooh, right b- big shocker right like the the ragtag rebel alliance wasn't able to coalesce a a galaxy-wide government in a short enough time span to overwhelm essentially an empire that's lost a leader and a weapon like yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. really that's a big shocker yeah yeah i mean it's uh revolutions are tricky business kids uh for yeah. everyone that goes well and and uh, leads to long term of peace and prosperity there's a hundred that just sets off long chains of bloodletting and destruction of property and value and just yeah. uh ask just, the french it's, about it's that bad. yeah like I, the history books full full of them yeah uh but yeah that uh i it, it but you're right. All that, a lot of stuff is kind of like color to the uh, world, um, which I guess it needs. Like I'm, I'm oh, yeah. really fascinated to find out the details of like this, you know, uh, post bellum period of of galactic history. Um, you know, at Star Wars, there's not very many <laughs> where you've got, yeah. uh, you know, we're in between wars. So, and I, I guess I, my Ashoka was um, hoping that Demando would struggle more with his uh, religious identity or his cultural identity after getting that big revelation of last year. But who's he going to talk to about it with? It's going to, I, I guess the next time he'll either have to get back up with Bo-Katan or maybe hook back up with the armorer, like somebody that mm-hmm. he actually has some kind of tie to Mandalore. But I'm, that's the thing I'm really in for. Um, like, you know, Mando coming to grips with what it means to be a Mandalorian, what it means to have yeah. honor and integrity and, you know, connection to your background and, and a mission, all that thing. I, I, I think that stuff is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, all that's percolating and I'm sure it'll bubble up eventually. Uh, why don't we get into the recap? Let's do it. We start off with Mando's busted ass ship being repaired by baby Yoda. Uh, baby Yoda manages to cross some wires and causes a little more damage, I think. And so they decide to go back to Navarro. I thought this was a really cool scene. It reminded me it, of like Yoda bent over into Luke's, you know, packs and like just tearing shit up and throwing stuff like, you Absolutely. know, like uh, nothing in nothing in Yoda's history uh, suggests that he would be have any kind of affinity for. I know this isn't literally Yoda. I, I thought that, but that was that's cute. And the fact that like. Baby Yoda is whatever level of child that this show needs at any time. Baby Yoda is sometimes six months old. Sometimes he's six years old. And I thought in this episode, they shied him a lot more towards this, the kind of naughty six-year-old yeah. than the actual baby. But yeah, him trying to <laughs> repair the ship and the Mando's like, you know, he gets electrocuted. But of course, Baby Yoda is not going to die. And his just dry will is worth a shot. <laughs> right. No, there, there's a lot uh, of like... You know, R2-D2 sticking it in the wrong socket uh, sure. kind of vibes from this. There's a lot of Han and Chewie shouting at each other yeah. during yeah. No, tense no, no, repair no. This scenes. goes there. This goes here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying There's to get at a lot of that stuff. A lot of uh, old Star Wars mixed in with this scene. The the vibe. Although, as a father, I thought felt like Mando's level of patience he showed in the scene was pretty pretty amazing. Uh-huh. And like him cl- cleaning up uh, Baby Yoda's puke at the end of the episode... Uh, he's he's really leveling up as a dad, as a man dadalorian. Dad- yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you call a dadalorian. Dadalorian. Uh, we also see him. Uh, I guess the logistics of him eating and drinking uh, with that helmet on that he can't remove. He sort of lifts it up, which mm-hmm. just thinking, can we not do that for masks at restaurants right now? Like, do we have to go fully maskless in a restaurant, or can we just you know nudge it up a little bit? And oh, Jim. You're still on this mask thing. Come I on. am. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm no, a mask diehard. I'm. Uh, I'm going to get a full, a full uh, level one biocontaminant suit like the Mandalore. Did you notice every time he lifts his mask, it makes like a like there's some kind of seal being broken? Really? 
I'm, but he's just wearing like an man... undergarment, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like so. Like last episode, I talked myself in like, well, this isn't a pressure sealed suit because you know, obviously, he's drowning. Um, but now I'm like, well, shit, is it? But then I guess like it reminded me of like uh, there's this line in Futurama where Professor Farnworth's being asked about the Planet Express, the spaceship, because um, they have to go on a water planet. They're like, well, how many atmospheres of pressure can the ship sustain? He's like, well, it's a spacecraft, so somewhere between zero and one. Like, you know, okay. something designed to keep one atmosphere of pressure contained might not even not leak 30 feet under the water. It might leak like mm-hmm. a sieve because it's not designed. So make, yeah. maybe the Mando is like a light pressure suit, but like you get... 30 feet and you're fighting a squid beast and it starts leaking and you drown. But I thought it was weird. I, they talked me into it not being pressurized and it seemed like it was. So is that uh, like a, a effectively a gas mask sort of thing? Like you can't get particulates into his suit? I mean, like it's not going to protect like, him in space, right? I, well, I, I always assumed that Boba Fett has, was wearing a spacesuit. And I always assumed that like stormtroopers had like all the material said they had like part, you know, that the armor protected from like biological and chemical warfare. But I saw them gas last episode. So <laughs> yeah, maybe the empire can't afford the filters change. You right. Know, those things. That's right. yeah, one thing to have the helmet, but if you don't change the filters every six, six, six hours of exposure, then they're, they're worthless for sure. Uh, so we were back on Navarro now, and Cara Dune clears a bunch of Aqualish interlopers out of the forge room, um, and she takes this, I think it's a sack full of cash, to return it to its rightful owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the beginning of this episode, you talked about some darker adult stuff. I feel like the butchering of this weasel creature was more intense than I was ready for. I was I'm like, there's no way there because there's no way they're going to cut this thing's head off. But then I noticed it was animatronic and that guy with the cleaver got I'm like, well, maybe they will. Like, Jesus, I don't I, I don't know. But uh, what's funny is. I don't know who these guys are. They're Aqualishes. And I kind of like am prejudiced against Aqualishes because one of the first memories I have of being terrified in a theater is uh, them them menacing Luke Skywalker. That that guy on uh, Mos Eisley, you know, yeah, my Bond friend here doesn't like you. Yeah, and uh, getting in his face, and he's got this terrifying kind of spider looking face, and mm. gets his head their arm cut off. Uh, so I feel like these guys are up to no good every time I see him. But still, they stole some cash. And Caritas comes in there and murders them all. Yep. As the marshal. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thievery sure. is punishable by death here. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, we got some like uh, fucking Vlad Dracul type of uh, justice code going. But I uh, I don't know if that's what it takes to keep the school open. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's the whole moral threat here that we have an imperial garrison that has a whole bunch of high tech weapons and people are stealing there's bands that are going in and running this black and i'm like what kind of operation is gideon running that they can't keep you know like 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 our he's letting aqualish smugglers onto his clone dark trooper base yeah to steal shit really wild yeah Um, you think it'd be more heavily fortified yeah, like the black market rationale made sense until I realized, oh, shit, this is actually a big, big deal base to Moff Gideon. This is not like some kind of abandoned outpost. Yeah, they had fooled so, me. By by the time they revealed that, like the thought of uh, the black market stuff was out of my head. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is actually a significant base. I didn't even me, think about me like, too on the sec on the second yeah. on my second pass through. I was like, wait, that's the rat. How did these aqualishes? Or is this part of my? But you know what? It all could. I don't know. This could be like some kind of fourth dimensional chest, and it's involved in like getting the razor crest bugged and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, give up your clone facility just to get the razor crest bugged. I guess you need the child. How how much does he need? I almost called it the child. He needs how much by, does he need, Baby his, Yoda? infinite like i think he's an infinite need like that's like now that we know that his blood with the m count is crucial to whatever the fuck they're injecting to people like i think he's got infinite demand for baby yoda he will trade an unlimited number of clone trooper bases or whatever to get one baby yoda so he can start keep extracting its blood well is it like something where if he you know he needs baby yoda and he needs these cloned vat 
things uh, and he needs whatever like dark trooper shit's going on. And if he loses any one piece of that, the whole plan falls apart or is Baby Yoda like the linchpin of the whole I think thing? it's a linchpin because he can always rebuild a base and make more clones, but there's only the one yeah. Baby Yoda as far as we know. Probably right. Um, I don't know. Jedi seem like a dime a dozen, just saying, but uh, even even sure. post Yoda, they seem every a dime a dozen, backwater but... outpost. There's going to be three or four failed drunken Jedi uh, hiding in robes. Yep. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, We're the most ineffective political purge of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so Mando lands on Navarro, where Kara and Grief are waiting for him. Uh, they take him back to their cantina, which has been turned into a school, and they place Baby Yoda in class and leave him there. Baby Yoda is denied snacks by the neighboring student. So uh, Baby Yoda forces, uh, uses the force and takes them. This is bullying. I'm on board. I'm on board this use of force. Bully Yoda. Um, this child. Uh, is he? He's I mean, literally look, taking this got... kid's lunch money. Like, not even the money. He's just taking the lunch. This child looks at this other child and it's big, sad eyes and won't share one cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use the force. Bring balance to the <laughs> classroom. Bring balance. To... <laughs> yeah, wow. Wow. I mean, yeah, maybe Yoda worships his belly. I'm sorry. He just does. Like, and I, if I if I wasn't gonna if I wasn't gonna cancel him over attempted genocide of a frog species, uh, stealing stealing a couple blue cookies from uh, some some snot nosed punk on Navarro. And I, we've I don't seen care, yeah. we've seen the penalty on Navarro for thievery, right? Cara Dune, sure. murder, murder. Uh, if you're yeah. if you're grief if you're grief carga, it's 350 years of slavery. 50, like, minimum, watch yeah. out, Baby Yoda. Watch your back because they're coming for you eventually. You steal enough cookies. Yeah. See, Yoda's always bragging about 900 years old he'll be, but you don't know that he spent the first 850 years in Supermax. He was locked fucking down because mm-hmm. he kept on eating eggs he shouldn't and cookies he shouldn't. So he, he's always bragging about how fucking old he is, but, you know. Yeah, but what kind of life have you day. lived? Yeah, hard time. Hard time is what Yoda was doing. Uh, it's funny to see, like, the Imperial... Uh, faction the fortification here was really the only thing standing in the way of like education and uh you know a decent life for these people it's like yeah i guess they had all these black market yeah all these black market uh e-web thieving gangs are they're they're, they're just ruining things um there was a couple background details i thought was interesting um there's a statue of ig11 in the background in like the town square yeah, oh. his heroic sacrifice of huh. wading through the lava pools and and saving the marshal and their, I guess, new governor uh, yeah. was not not uh, unrecognized by the populace. I thought that was pretty cool. It's unrecognized um, by me. I didn't realize. I didn't see it. Yeah, he's. It's like when they're walking from the uh, Razor Crest to the cantina. It's like just in the back. It's a background detail. You have to look over to like the Mandalorian shoulder. Um, but I also thought it was like uh, grief uh, is opinion that the, that the Republic should leave the outer rim alone. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that like I don't think that grief is a good guy. I think that grief is um, at best a little bit more morally ambiguous Lando Calrissian. OK. And I, I wonder if the, the Mandalorian's um, moral code will have him on his wrong side again. Because I just I don't know, like this guy. Uh, want to take advantage of this kind of gray market opportunity and that doesn't that always seems like it's not going to go the way you think it would yeah I mean he's definitely and I don't know I guess like how morally flexible is he um, is is a super relevant question because we've seen him be pretty flexible Um, yeah I, I don't know I, I'm interested to see how that character develops or if he develops, I assume he'll be back. Hmm. But I guess at some we'll find point, out. sure. Um, I was also wondering with this Baby Yoda in school stuff, with him stealing the cookies, uh, if this is meant to like say, "Hey, there's a dark side to this kid having force powers," and if if they're trying to say something about like it depends on the guidance he has, how he's going to grow up. Hmm. It's going to be a gray. It's going to be a gray Jedi, like gray Jedi at best. But yeah, he's already yeah. forced choke Cara Dune, arguably maybe for self defense or defense of the Mandalorian. But now he's stealing cookies. What's the? It's, he's going to force lightnings next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right from cookies to lightning. 
Uh, Hunger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Mando's taken to your griefs headquarters, I guess. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the marshal's office. I have no idea where they're at here, but there, there's this mithril there who, you know, we saw in the first season. Um, and he's working off some kind of debt that he's got for, for embezzlement, I think is what it comes down to. Like he was yeah. griefs accountant. Crooked books. Yeah. Yeah. Cro- crook in the books. Um, and then Kara and grief ask Mando to help them with clearing out an old Imperial base. And he agrees. Uh, I also like the the uh, mithril like releasing spores or whatever he did like from seeing the Mando like that's his stress reaction. I thought that was kind of funny, but it is it just it is weird that like we this is now the second named sentient character like the Ungot uh, also talked about that he served several human lifetimes in some <laughs> kind of prison facility. Yeah, holy shit! It's bad to be an alien in the Star Wars universe post imperial you know pre Empire and post Empire. It seems like. Um, yeah, because you were asking like, yeah, what is it? Yeah, what does that mean? That like, how old does does grief live? He's a human, right? Yeah, if he dies, you know, fifty years into this sentence, like, is is this is Mithril indebted to the organization that he set up? See, like, this is starting to sound like you know contract slavery. I, I don't know. Yeah, indentured servitude. That, that, that I feel like the the Republic needs to get out of here and straighten this shit out. Hmm. Uh, I like the callback to the carbonite sickness. Uh, you know, he says he can't see out of his left eye still, which we know, obviously, Han Solo blind after coming out of the while. carbonite. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, good, good stuff there. And then they speed off toward the base while discussing the plan, uh, their plan to blow the reactor. And they pull up to the front door and they cut through it. But Mando, in the meantime, jets off to the top of this base and he tosses the stormtrooper off. And they all go up the elevator to meet him. Um, and I guess like also grief, grief says they have to drain the cooling lines. So that's kind of their mission and they make their way. Yeah, inside. they're going to make the, the lava conduit go critical, essentially. Yeah. Which is a cool concept. They do relentlessly bully this fish man. And they threaten do. him with death and like, oh, I'll take 100 years off your contract if you risk your life for me. It's like, oh, boss, my my water vest is running out. I'm a fish species. It's in the desert. It's a lava field. And they're like, uh, he's like, well, you can either do this or walk back over to lava field. I'll never make it. It's suicide. Well, I guess I, well, I, this, so this, that's, this grief guy. It's that's some shit. That's some, that's some fucking bullshit. I thought Kara Dune was a, a proficient gambler. Did we not see her? Like first time we meet her, she's gambling up a storm in, in uh, some off world cantina equivalent i remember her drinking like she's doing that marion from uh, uh ravenwood that she's like uh drinking guys under the table or maybe arm wrestling okay was maybe it, it was arm wrestling. i thought it was like maybe some kind of gambling. feat of personal strength or constitution gotcha okay well she's a bad bluffer because like oh we're gonna leave you in the lava fields and let you burn when the lava comes right well your only transportation is also in the path of those lava flows like you you have to get back to they town, left. right? And they just left the yeah. speeder out there. So this is a bad bluff. He should have called it. It's it's maybe a bad plan. <laughs> yeah. Not a well thought through plan. Also, just just say, nah, uh, I'll take my chances with the lava flows. Sit in the speeder. If the right. lava flows come, speed the hell out of there. <laughs> like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Uh, I tail it. Not a good bluff. But but they, they point out this Trexel, uh, Trexler Marauder, which I don't think is any previous uh, Star Wars Dude, kind of thing. F- no, let Is me it? let this was my crown jewel of Star Wars toys. Oh, shit. Um, it was the only Kenner pro- uh, the product, I think, the, or at least the first that was not actually seen in any Star Wars film. But it's uh, it's huh. a toy line and it's called a I think an Imperial Transport. And it was really cool. Um, you could push a button on top of it. and It would play like um, like like movie accurate, like blaster noises or like imper- like a stormtrooper saying, there's one set for stun, like lines from a new hope. And there's like f- six pods on each or three pods on each side that hold a stormtrooper and they could have their rifles out. And there was like two swing open doors that they could pilot and Damn. a guy you could put in a gun turret. And there was like a little prison compartment in the back. It was rad. It was really cool. And it had wheels. So it looked like it kind of would hover over. It's like um, the turtles so like- fan of star Wars. And I immediately, and it was great because like I didn't have a ton of Star Wars toys, but I had a bunch of action figures, and I could hold almost all my dudes in there. And it also was big <laughs> enough to act as like a base if I needed like a base to for some guys to hold or assault. And 
Nice. So I immediately recognized that, like, as soon as I saw the the nose sticking out, I'm like, holy shit, that's one of those old Imperial transporters. And sure enough, on Wikipedia, if uh, it's, yeah, that's a particular huh. model of this one. And it all goes back to a, a 1979 Kenner toy. Nice. So I had an intense wave of nostalgia in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of that in the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So they take the security office and they shut it down and then make their way to the heating shaft where the cooling lines are. Uh, Mithril shuts down the cooling system. I'm calling him Mithril. He's, I don't think he has a name. He's an unidentified Mithril, which is his species. Um, Mm. But that dude shuts down the cooling system and they make their way to the exit, dodging stormtroopers along the way. Uh, I, I feel like we can continue to the end of this with the message and everything if you want. They... Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. They catch some Imperials doing some weird experiments in their lab and decide to investigate. And they find a message from Dr. Pershing that indicates they've been trying to induce force powers with blood transfusions and that Moff Gideon is alive. Yeah. And there's like these tanks of vaguely humanoid shapes that may or may not be twisted um, or they may just be in a weird floating position. I'm not clear if they're alive. Like if these are the failed experiments where they've tried to inject uh, blood high in M count. Now this is um, it's not much of a leap, but we're assuming this is a yeah. midichlorian count because if you'll recall, uh, Ben Kenobi or old Ben Kenobi when he was a young man, freaking out that Anakin Skywalker's M count was even higher than Master Yoda's, who previously had the all-time high midichlorian count. Um, starting to feel like this is a clone of Yoda. Like that's been a lot of speculation and people talk about it. Maybe the dates don't quite work out, but like, you know, he looks like a baby Yoda got an M count of a baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a baby Yoda starting to look like a baby Yoda. Is it got a baby Yoda full on baby Yoda situation? Any, any idea who might have cloned baby yoda are we talking about an imperial clone it's gotta go back it's gotta go back to the well and then this um this dr pershing um who is the message that we received we we talked about this last episode in the feedback that he's got a camino cloner pouch on yeah uh, patch uh yoda went to personally pick up the clone army after uh um uh, kenobi you know investigated and found out that they're doing so i'm guessing he did get the that he did get that jab in the leg with that umbrella which was pretty conspicuous. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that they waited for one of his like three gray hairs to fall <laughs> right. out, out of his ears uh-huh. and they just cloned it based on like some kind of uh, shed cell from that. But I, I guess that's got to be it. That's got, I mean, there, those are the broad kind of like clues that we've got and it's got to be some kind of, but yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm getting like 90% certainty that this is an actual clone of Master Yoda. Yeah. And, um, what that mean and, and they had a bunch of his blood but not too much because he's so small they could oh they could only they could only they could only suck so much of his yoda juice out before he'd die it's true it's so it's so pitiful yeah. um and they've run out and they're completely stalled until they get more yoda blood yep that's how it goes i i know that's been a problem for me mm-hmm. uh, just never enough yoda blood uh, so I, I don't know that, so Mando goes after the baby, uh, after baby Yoda, cause he realizes it's probably in jeopardy. Uh, the, the other three shoot their way out of the base to meet him back in town. I was not a fan of these scenes. I think there are too many hallway shooting scenes and they're not very inspired. Um, and it's also very much a piece of what we saw last episode too, of running through hallways and all oh, the man, Stormtroopers can't hit shit unless they're aiming at the Mandalorian and then they precisely can target his Besker armor. Yeah. And there's a lot of that this episode. There's a lot of that last episode. Yeah. I guess what do you do, though? Like, you can't kill any of these characters, right? And you, you got to get them out of here. A establishing scene of like I Mando following him out and seeing him do his jetpack stuff. That's pretty that I actually yes. think that was pretty cool. It's the it really kind of plotted with the other three. And I think you needed to see one scene of them. Like, you know, like running through and then you get to the Marauder because you, you understand, you know, like, uh, OK, yeah. well, we saw them running through a corridor where are they running the place they came from to get back. Uh, you know, here's the Marauder. They're pinned down like I, I, I not from the Marauder on. I thought it was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm uh, the, my appetite for stormtroopers poorly shooting and cramped hallways is is fully sated right now. 
for sure. Um, so yeah, they get to the the exit. Their escape is blocked by some stormtroopers. So Kara commandeers the Marauder, drives it off the platform into the canyon, and they're chased by a few stormtroopers on speeder bikes. Uh, they fight them Which off. I- that yep. stuff, I, I really like the Mad Max aspect of like <laughs> the way they like rode downhill um, yeah, after the Marauder. I thought it was really funny that like this guy's been worried about his prize speeder the whole episode and then the Marauder just kind of flattens it. Mm-hmm. But it's already, you know, that's worth a lot of money. So it's already taken a sting out of it. Oh, uh, for I sure. I did not yeah. know you could do that with like a heavy tank, just run it off a 500 meter cliff. Apparently, this one, yeah, you can. Uh, although I, th- I would say that the, way it falls is funny like that's just not how physics works it's it's like in the walking dead where that van flips off that bridge it's clearly right, gonna right. land on its top right it's gonna uh-huh, totally flip uh-huh. over but then it lands on its wheels or whatever stupid yeah. uh this would have landed yeah. right on the front uh and i think it would have been cooler if they just because this was like not a sheer cliff because we saw the speeder bikers go down i thought it'd been cooler if they just like rode it you know like way too fast and like runaway freight train down the side of that like the face of the what is it 70 degree cliff yeah. that'd have been really cool and then to see the speeder bikes do it yeah but then you wouldn't have smashed into his speeder and flattened it and had that little haha moment uh, well i thought the coolest moment was the stormtroopers following them down the the mm-hmm. face of the mountain and like getting caught up getting hung up on on rocks and exploding like yeah, two of the stormtroopers, of course, immediately explode in the Han Solo asteroid maneuver. Yeah, yeah no, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, uh, and then apparently, the, yeah. I was going to say, one other thing is that even the fish man, this is how pathetic these stormtroopers are. Even the fish man notches a stormtrooper kill on his belt. <laughs> Shooting <laughs> blind over an obstruction, just like pew, pew. Like, so, like Cyril Figgis suppressing fire from Archer, and he takes out two or three of these guys. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Can the, storm, can the stormtroopers shoot the broadside? They, they're, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Only Imperial stormtroopers are this precise. What the fuck? It's the biggest meme in... Let's let's have some stormtroopers can can shoot some people. Yeah, no, Obi's Obi Wan was an idiot. Apparently. Can stormtroopers ever take cover? As far as I can tell, in this show, only good guys take cover. Imperial stormtroopers come pell mell around corners yeah. in the middle of things and say we've got them, and then they get drilled by turbo laser bolts. Yeah, it's not just their accuracy; it's just poor training all around. I think. Yeah, boy, the the flash clone training they did they get up to twenty five years into this just isn't up to snuff. <laughs> right. Not getting it done. Uh, so then, you know, they fight off these speeder bikes and four TIE fighters fly in, which is like, oh, shit. What are you going to do against those? The show um, does escalate nicely. They they have a very yeah. nice escalation. Grief. Uh, in my notes, it keeps autocorrecting to Greece. I don't I don't like this. Uh, it's not good. Grief uh, manages to shoot down one of the one of the TIE fighters, but the shrapnel destroys their gun and it's looking real bad. And they make it to the open uh, out of this canyon. And Mando flies in with the Razor Crest to shoot down the other three. And he then just like pretty unceremonious goodbye here. Just says goodbye to him over the comms and flies off. Um, I did think that uh, first of all, it's cool to see the Razor Crest like not looking like a complete rundown hunk of junk. Yeah, it's all fixed um, up. And I really like some of the the aerial maneuvers, like his like uh, um, turn on a dime one eighty, like mm-hmm. you know uh, jousting with this tie fighter was really cool. And Baby Yoda straight being up super climb, uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Awesome. Baby Yoda like getting sick on these blue cookies, I thought was funny, and like and him a Capri Sun in the air. Does oh, he, did he have a Capri Sun? On a Capri- I swear he stole this whole kid's lunch, this kid's entire lunch. Capri yeah. Sun cookies yeah. every bit. I mean, it wasn't that healthy to begin with, so maybe it did him yeah. a favor. But yeah, asshole. Yeah, I just I just thought Baby Yoda like do, acting like this is a, a a roller coaster was pretty cute. And then the Mandalorian's yeah. oh boy when he sees him throwing up, good stuff. And I like the the trench run that these Tie Fighters are doing. Right, it's like the reverse uh, Death Star sort of thing. Flying yeah, down yeah, in yeah. This canyon. Star Wars and trenches. They Name a more them. iconic duo. All right, the New Republic is investigating Mando's presence on Navarro, but Grief can't seem to remember anything. He's just forgotten it, uh, forgotten it all. Uh, this this New Republic... Fuck uh, 12 is what he says. I don't care if they're riding X-Wings or Marauders. This, I don't talk to him. Uh, that, that dude, the New Republic... I, 
I think, did you say this is the same guy who was following Mando before? Yeah, he was with the, the uh, Fellini. Go. Yeah, he was Fellini's co-pilot. And I, that's, I, it is weird to me to see dudes in <laughs> X-Wing pilot costumes as just cops. Yeah. And I guess if you're kinda, flying around, like if there was a special suit you had to wear to drive a cop car, you wouldn't like get out and change and then put on like your investigating uniform, right? You just that's wear true, that. But you'd think it would say, yeah, like like I'm and I, you know, um, that's true. Like the California Highway Patrol has a distinctive motorcycle cop uniform with big boots and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but like they still have badges. Like uh-huh. this guy, I think if he just had like a New Republic badge on him. I or like if it was it's like she calls him blue, which I think is a ref- reference to him being an officer. Um, mm. I don't know why they don't have like blue, uh, like like recognizably police looking X uh, um, X wing pilot uniforms. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they get real. Maybe the the local cops get real cheap bargain basement prices on these X wing and pilots. Like a, it's a buyback program. Get it pennies on the dollar. Sure. Yeah, Makes sense. the local police department has an Adat Walker, four four X wings, you know, a a Golan, yeah. a Golan, uh, planetary defense cannon. Sure, they get it's, they got it for five bucks and change. <laughs> the the Alliance surplus stores were just overflowing yeah. with stock, old X wing yeah. pilot gear. Sure, sure. Uh. So this guy tries to appeal to Kara's sense of honor as a soldier to get information out of her. It doesn't work, but he does. There's a recruiter, recruiter yeah, yeah. through the outer outer limits patrol. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of doing a lot here. Uh, he's trying to get a win anywhere he can. Um, it doesn't work, but he sympathizes with her because she lost everyone when Alderaan was blown up, and leaves her with a new republic or rebel alliance insignia. I'm not. They're so freaking similar that I'm not actually sure there's much of a difference at all. But it was a star. I actually think that is a police badge. I think that's the thing I would like to see him on his chest. And he was like, like kind of mm-hmm. like, well, in case you change your mind, here's an official badge that can't be abused at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, and in, in the hands of a disgraced former shock trooper that's doing some weird gray market shit with his, her bounty hunter boss buddy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I did. If she like wasn't this, LARPing um, uh, Marshall before. She sure as shit is now. <laughs> Um, I also really liked the idea of the New Republic is like um, completely in denial about what's going on out here. Yeah. Like, oh, there's it's like it reminds me like the return of Sauron and Lord of the Rings. Like, oh, there's shadows of rumors, but all the important people like, oh, there's no way it's just some kind of minor bullshit. And but it's like it's this, you know, we know what eventually happens in the movies. So uh, the New Republic ignoring this seemed like a mistake. And I wonder if there is going to be. Like if these X-wing pilots, these border patrol, these mounty type um, guys are going to be a bigger part going forward. Yeah, could be. Uh, speaking of a big part going forward, oh boy, this this final scene um, has the internet a buzz with with implication. Uh, there's an imperial officer uh, who's informed that their plan to plant a tracking device on the Razor Crest has been carried out. And she relays that information to Moff Gideon, who is happy to hear that he still has a a beat on Baby Yoda here. The the biggest thing um, that I saw going on in the subreddit is talking about these dark troopers or what people think are dark troopers on the wall here. Yeah. Uh, I know these are a thing from the old Star Wars uh, Dark Forces video game from the days of DOS, like ages Mm -hmm. and ages ago. Uh, and honestly, like this whole imperial base, uh, adventure that we go on feels a lot like that game in a lot of ways. Lots of running through corridors, shooting at stormtroopers. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and even like those raised platform type bases, like uh, it just, a lot of that is really reminiscent of that. So dark troopers, do you know anything about dark troopers? Cause they were in that game. Yeah, there was, um, the dark troopers were a line of what you thought were combat robots. And the first two, like there's, there's three phases of dark trooper, dark, the phase one, phase two, which are combat droids. And in phase three with these hulking kind of like, uh, exo suits, um, like power armor kind of thing, space Marine shit, uh, uh, that, that, uh, that was going to be like the next generation stormtrooper armor. 
Um, and it like, you know, super tough, tons of, uh, and they were just real ball breakers, um, to fight in the game. And it feels like they're going to take that and combine it with some kind of weird cloning slash force blood transfusion to have like these force sensitive, dark Sith mechanized stormtrooper forces. Um, that is very cool. I mean, that's star Wars as hell. Like that's like very star Wars legends. Like, you know, What's what is a what's a hut do when he gets the Death Star laser? He puts it in a big cylinder and calls it the dark saber or some shit like, you know, this is uh, you take you take one. You take two great Star Wars flavors, dark troopers and force sensitive clones, which they fucked around with a little bit in uh, 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 the the original Timothy Zahn Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. And you get you get the whatever Moff Gideon's working on. So. Looks cool. Looks very like yeah, black shiny stormtrooper combat frames. Very sexy. My son's a big fan. Uh, looking forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, and I think that's why we're talking about you know Baby Yoda being sort of the the linchpin of that plan. Like although I think you probably could get by with just some badass mechanized uh, exosuit wearing stormtroopers. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> as, okay, as well. Good. Like. Uh, they're still badass. They're still like, uh, you know, uh, one of these is worth 100 Alliance troopers. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to be able to force choke people. Right. And, you know, then Gideon cuts you in half with the Darksaber. He wants he wants that. He wants that force sensitivity. Yeah. I wonder if he wants it for all of them or for himself or well, like, th- th- you know, that's the question. Like, are they is this the experiment stuff that's eventually going to lead to Snoke? Is it like. Ah, I don't remember yeah. much about Snoke's background from the movies. I've seen them each one time, the new trilogy. Right. Um, he was just deliberately like a clone or like a clone puppet for Palpatine to kind of like take take the heat off of him while he was re- reconstituting his power. Yeah, so um, I could see some kind of fucked up, uh, you know, experiment yeah. gone wrong creating him. And then I could see that right late Palpatine. season Mando that you see like a, a whole bunch of uh, Snokes in a tube. These kind of were not not Snoke. Yeah, yeah. Like in in their like how pale they were and kind of the general body shape. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you might you might be onto something there. You might be. We'll see. But that's the episode. Hey, before we get to the episode proper, a brief programming note. Uh, because of the holidays here in the States, we have Thanksgiving and uh, the week after I actually have my uh, wedding anniversary with my, my lovely wife, Cecily. And because the Mando does release very early on Friday morning, uh, we're not going to be able to have that same day coverage that we have up to this point. For the next two weeks, we're going to be uh, releasing our Mandalorian episode the Monday after. So like uh, Mando drops on Friday, you got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll record and release our episode. So um, yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> they, uh, when they release, when they release on the black Friday and, and in the middle of my wedding anniversary, I, I, I got very, very little, uh, we got very little moves that, that we can do to make that work. So it's the risk you take be, when you decide we're doing holiday release stuff. Yeah, I'm altering. I'm altering the deal. It's the way, <laughs> you know. You thought it's going to be the one way. It's it's the Mando way. So we'll have those out. It'll just be a couple days later um, on Monday, and also give you a bonus is it gives you a little bit of time to get um, feedback through on this episode because you know we had this very fast turnaround. We don't get a lot of episode feedback on the episode itself, so it'll give us a little bit more time to get some thoughts together. So uh, next two weeks, Mando will be not on every Friday, but every Monday. <laughs> And uh, then we'll get back to a regular schedule up uh, through the Christmas. So just want to let everyone know. Uh, We are then now going to consider feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback on any of these episodes, you can do so at Mando at baldmove.com. First up with Scott says, I'm really glad you're covering the Mandalorian this season, episode by episode. Uh, Thank you for the coverage. It's great. Our pleasure. Yeah. No mention, or I surprised that there was no mention of love for Titus Welliver last episode. He was guest starring as the Imperial Office, Miss Imperial Officer. Uh, Mr. Welliver marks another uh, Deadwood original cast member to feature on the show after Timothy Oliphant and W. Earl Brown, who also guested in Justified with Tim, of course. Um, if this trend continues, who's your pick for who you would like to see from Deadwood, the Deadwood cast? If Ian McShane <laughs> I mean, shows McShane. up. Yeah. And calls Mando a loopy cunt. I'll mo- lose my mind. Uh, For sure, that's not going to happen in a Disney production. Come on, come on. Yeah, but uh, you know, some some dank ferric versions of that might be nice. Um, yep. Jim Beaver would be cool. 
Sure. He'd be like a well, I could see the moisture farmer. And he's Jim hot right Bieber now. He's screams the moisture farmer. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah. He'd be a great moisture farmer. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Oh yeah, the guy who plays Worm Brad Duruff. The guy who plays Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Oh. He would be a great like minor or major villain. Yeah, like an imperial some imperial officer. Um, yeah, sure. or a Sith wizard. I mean, because that's other things. Like, how long does Moff Gideon keep going after Baby Yoda before he finds some kind of enslaved, some kind of minor Jedi? And it's like, well, it's not Baby Yoda blood, but it's at least got an M count. I wonder, you know, like, I, or, or track him down, right? Like, you're not a powerful enough Jedi for my experiments, but track down Baby Yoda. Ah, yeah. Because there is yeah. some kind of like force affinity where they can sense each other, right? Ooh, or if they got like um, like forced twins, like a Luke and Leia situation where it's like whichever stronger they've drained its blood. And it's like if you want your sister or brother back, you got to go bring us the child. Oh, my God. So then you've got, yeah, like a, a yeah, like a Jedi, a motivated Jedi mm-hmm. uh, trying to track down the child. That would be interesting. Um, somehow we got off a of dead <laughs> Deadwood dream casting on to uh, just just off the cuff theory crafting. But, uh, uh, what's what's the guy who plays the politician? The the uh, guy who comes into town in the the movie. Oh, the bad and, guy. Yeah, yeah, the J.P. Morgan or somebody like that. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to see him. I just like him. I think he's a great actor. Anna Gunn. See Anna Gunn? That's the other big name sure. I can think off off the top of my head. Uh, she'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe she's the armorer. <laughs> uh, right. She takes Skylar fucking White. Love it. She runs the armory like the A triple A car wash, baby. Tight, 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 tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why she's got all that cash laying around. That's right. That's just, she's got Besker to spare. She's got pallets of it, spraying it for <laughs> Besker lice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tyler H very excited you two are covering the Mandalorian it's come to my uh, to the point where my television viewing experience is incomplete without a review from Jim and Aaron wow that's high praise it sure is it's real high praise I appreciate that the first episode of the Mandalorian was very good I was happy to hear you both agreed one point I particularly enjoyed was seeing more of the Tusken Raiders and their culture I'm a movie only Star Wars fan and whenever the Tusken Raiders enter the scene they're portrayed as evil bloodthirsty monsters with no motivation except for the enjoyment of violence it was enjoyable to watch a Star Wars episode where these beings were portrayed in a civilized way and given a culture backstory motivation However, the outcome of this unveiling of their characters gave me some really weird feelings about them kidnapping and torturing Anakin's mom in season or episode two. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on this? Well, I hear tell that some of the old Star Wars stuff is legends and (laughs) that prequel, a midichlorians like did did, did anyone ever buy that as canon? I mean, come on, come on. When you're sweeping (laughs) shit out the door, when you're when you're the Disney execs and you're going, okay, we've got so many backstories so many years of content built up. We got to sweep all this shit out the door. I feel like you've overlooked something if you're not sweeping the M word out the door. Mm, like, mm-hmm. no, I have never met a Star Wars fan who is a, an actual fan of the midichlorians, either as a word or a concept. I think Fellini and Favre just think they're to the point where like they, they've gone mad with power. Like I, we can make a baby Yoda Boba Fett thing work, and you know what? We're gonna we're gonna rehabilitate Midichlorian. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have Star Wars fans uh, united in Midichlorians being <laughs> and be and 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 be thinking that Midichlorians is the wave of the future, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but a straight answer is they're an alien culture. And they probably got good parts of the culture and bad parts of the culture like every other culture does. And, yeah. you know, they they uh, sometimes kidnap and torture settlers. Maybe the settlers had it coming through some perceived grievance because it seems like there's not a really great relationship between the human colonizers and the the OG Tusken Raiders. Um, but, yeah, they do some bad shit, uh, yeah. as do all sentient creatures, it's apparently. We we call them Tuscan uh, Raiders. I feel like the Raiders part is maybe something that we could start to leave off uh, yeah. their name now. They're just Tuscans, yeah, the, right? Like, Tuscan nomads, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the Raiders part is like the slur that the humans who mm-hmm. have settled there have given them. <laughs> their territory. And I, the, the thing is, I've never figured out, like, 
are Jawas and Tuscans like the original inhabitants of Tatooine, or are they so. settlers like everyone else? And just like they tend that like you know they're from a desert planet, so they take to this planet like you know ducks to water, or I guess the inverse. <laughs> I, uh, like a desert, like like a desert lizard takes to a desert. <laughs> sure, the duck takes to no water. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I always assumed that like Jawas and Tuscans were the indigenous species there, um, and that all like the civilization that sort of landed around that has, mm-hmm. you know, sp- sprung up as a result from the alien influence. But like, sure. I'm not sure of that. I, it's just something I've assumed. Because, yeah, I mean, if they're the original inhabitants and they're a little territorial and every once in a while they they raid the settlers because they're encroaching on their territory, that's a lot It's a lot easier to understand than, yeah. you know, if they're just like fucking, you know, they just stay. They can't, you know, they got they got no they got nothing going on their own. All they can do is steal shit. You know, that's a lot more of a negative uh, attribute for a species, I guess. Mm-hmm. Daniel R. I will admit out the gate I'm one of the biggest Star Wars nerds out there. I have read all the books, the canon, the EU, the shows, the movies, et cetera. All Damn, of it? All of it. a lot of reading. I think at one point I had read every Star Wars and seen every Star Wars thing. And that was at some point in the end of the 90s. And then uh, I forget. What, what about? What the, I think the thing that broke me is the novelizations of the prequels. Like, yeah. I was never going to read those ever. Like, I, I read the novelizations of the original trilogy and found it to be a waste of time in general, but then to go and read the prequel novels. No, mm-hmm. I tapped that halfway through the Yuzung Vong war. That's okay. where I started to be like, I don't need to read every one of these books. And then I, yeah, um, I do think I did read the novelization of return revenge of the Sith though. Cause huh. I wanted like, that was like my, like I could feel my star Wars fandom, like hanging by a thread. And I'm like, I, I just want to, you know, everyone's talking this up. I just want to I want to I want to get ahead on whether I'm going to be disappointed or not in this thing. So I, I remember reading it. Um, and I think that's the last Star Wars book I read. If I if, I, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but, I definitely have not read all of the Legends stuff, like all that EU. Oh, stuff. yeah. Not a lot close. of comics, especially when you're talking about comics. My God, there's like 30 yeah. years with the Marvel comics. Have you read all of those? Holy cow. Um Anyway, Daniel says, this makes me a bit more excited for episode four because of Ashoka is who I see now. Here we go. You let yourself get excited. You let yourself get excited. No, Ashoka uh, is a Daniel. is a end season reveal. Like, you don't think you're getting Ashoka next episode. Don't even think you're getting Mm-mm. Ashoka the episode after that. It's it's nope. seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, like maybe a two, like a two episode finale arc is what yeah. I'm calling for Ashoka. Um, last we saw Ashoka, uh, she was leaving with Sabine Wren to find another Jedi who went missing during the war with the Empire. With this Jedi should be the brilliant Grand Admiral Thrawn. We actually going to see a live action Thrawn. He's mm-hmm. the only EU character to be brought back to canon. So you could go back into so far. So you could go back to his backstory or since he was the highest ranking non-human in the Empire, you could explore the unknown regions where Sidious is hiding. I would love to provide any context, color, insight to any and all questions you guys may have going forward with this show or other. I mean, yeah, if you see some color that you want to commentate on, go for it. Yeah, the, um, the tragedy of the way we're doing this podcast is I'm look, I'm staying up till like five in the morning uh, the night before to watch mm-hmm. the episode and then get up and literally podcast, you know, minutes after I wake up. So I th- there's like a three hour window between watching this thing and podcasting about it for me. There's yeah. no way I could like send you questions and get quest get answers back and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, because I I do this except for I get up at eight and I try to get a, watch it twice and compile feedback before our our lunch thing and yeah, so yeah, it's really compressed schedule. It's really compressed schedule and honestly, I don't find myself having a bunch of deep questions at the end of a Mandalorian episode. Like I feel I do have a lot like, of lore you know, questions I have to go look up, but yeah, I can yeah I can I can look some stuff up on Wikipedia, but like I usually know where they're pa- pointed or going next, and I have a feeling it's going to involve some, you know, you need this clue to go on to your quest. Well, guess what? I've got to settle. I got a score that needs to be settled. I got a beast that needs to be slayed. I've got a shipment that needs to be protected. I got someone in the jail that needs to be broken out. I got a fe- a quest that needs fetched. I got. Yeah. Speaking of fetching, don't forget about Boba fetching uh, on the tale oh, of Mandalorian. Sure. Like, the, the, you yeah. got to deal with that motherfucker before you can get to Ashoka. So you think you're going to get Ashoka before you get <sighs> Boba? Nah, no. nah, 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 nah. Just because alphabetically she appears before him, I think <laughs> I think Jim's right. 
I think he's he's in the hopper before her. I mean, he was teased first, so. True. Very true. Chris K. from Oregon. Just catching up on your Mando coverage. I've been a big fan of a lot of your projects, especially Game of Thrones, uh, which is why I was shocked in your coverage of Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, not to hear a reference to Old Nan's ice spiders as big as hounds. The double mm. D's never gave them to you, but the double F's, Filoni and Favreau, finally did. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, book thing. I actually, th- I actually thought about name-calling that, but I'm like, yeah, it's like it was a book-only thing, and it's something we talked about a lot, but it never actually appeared, and also, honestly, I'm a little traumatized by Game of Thrones still. And when I think of Game of Thrones, I think more in terms of like, oh, man, it's a shame how that turned out than, oh, yeah, I was really looking forward to those ice spiders. But uh, yeah, imagine imagine the others, the White Walkers riding those fuckers, man. It's not a good it's not a good time. Scare a lot scarier than a dragon, in my opinion. Sure. Fletch says your old buddy Fletch. From the Walking Dead podcast. If you remember, he's a frequent frequent contributor. And I don't know if you knew this, Fletch, but we actually went back to season nine of The Walking Dead this this year. Uh, if, if this surprises you, you might want to check out The Walking Dead feed because we did, did some catch-up coverage of that. Uh, I wanted to give you some basic info and ask your thoughts on something my buddy and I at work have been discussing. We felt that the scenes with Baby Yoda and Mr. and Mrs. Frog were designed to do two things. First, to show Baby Yoda becoming friendly with the tadpole, which signaled a change in his view of eating it. We discussed a visual cue of uh, Baby Yoda smiling as he watched the egg hatch. Kind of hard to eat something you just watched be born. I don't know, man. I, I, I know a lot of farmers. My grand, Both of my grandfathers are farmers. Yeah. Turns out you can eat stuff with a face. You can even name it and get close to it and eat it because the bacon still tastes good. Them frog legs. Frog legs so delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, second, something I had not considered was that in shoving that uh, was it showing that only one egg hatched? The writers were trying to show that only one of the eggs would have hatched anyway in the process of all the eggs in a jar is like what happens with in vitro fertilization. Hmm. You take a bunch of eggs and try to fertilize them knowing only one or two maybe might take. I don't know. I mean, that's a fine theory, but like um, you're taking a million evolution and you're applying it to amphibian space evolution because I have frogs and they do mate from time to time and the female lays a mess of eggs and the, the guy just kind of squirts stuff all over him and it's it's ex vitro, <laughs> hmm. I guess. It's like that's how that's just how they roll like uh, and, and tons of the fuckers get born. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe or maybe the others. I mean, the other uh, unhappy possibility is that uh, they died like she couldn't keep them all warm enough and only one of them was viable. Ooh. Yeah. Because there was a little bit of concern for that. I mean, I, I, I think back to like Jurassic Park um, and the scene of the, uh, was it a raptor hatching? I, I can't even remember. Um, it's a copy. I, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, where they're they're all watching it and come out of its egg and push little, little guy, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't like there were 16 others around him uh, or around this one simultaneously hatching in the exact same stages. I took it to be we saw the first hatch and that it is implied that the rest of these will also do that in time. In my experience, again, with frogs mating behavior, it, yeah, there's like a span of two days where they slowly hatch. Like, you know, you always got the one that's on the sweet end of the bell curve and the slow end of the bell curve and, or popping popcorn. Same, same theory. Sure. Or <laughs> theory, human babies. Pop, like, or human babies. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they come out a little early, sometimes less. Yeah. But um, I do. I mean, the point is, like, there the species he had didn't commit genocide because there's a there's a there's a youngling, you know. Sure, yeah. Uh, He's not killed off an entire one. race, yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think you're supposed to, yeah, like maybe you're supposed to see this as development as Baby Yoda about like, mm, but I don't know. In I mean, he significantly episode, reduced the gene pool though. Like the the inbreeding that's sure. going to happen is going to be a lot more intense because of Baby Yoda's snack proclivities that that second eggy horf that was that that frog albert einstein he was going oh, yeah. to really make his mark on that species and now who knows who knows what contributions he'll make zero contribute yeah. contributes to baby yoda's mass that's it uh anyway that's our thoughts on that whole situation if you have more feedback more moral egg-based quandaries uh more uh uh, uh amphibian sexual reproduction questions you'd like to ask the experts 
please send it in to Frago at no uh, Mando <laughs> at baldmove.com. Uh, we will be happy to consider them. There's also Mandalorian threads galore on forums.baldmove.com if you'd like to discuss uh, the episodes as they come out a uh, week in either spoiler-free or spoiler-friendly fashion. Uh, they got them at forums.baldmove.com. That's it for another exciting episode of Mando. Next week, we'll be back for the fifth episode. Uh, I'm sure Ashoka will come riding on the shoulders of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. Game of chicken style. What will the Mandalorian do? Will he throw Baby Yoda on his shoulders? Will he ride Baby Yoda's shoulders? Find out on episode five, The Game of Chicken, on next week's Mando. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.